0: What a miracle and a blessing that we belong to God and that we are his children. And I, what a treat we get to have to um, be able to hear from two wonderful people, two wonderful, blessed, loved daughters of God uh, this morning. This is Susie Barkdahl and this is Stephanie Z. Barth. And um, I'm going to pray for them first, and then we're going to have them speak, okay? So, Lord, we just worship you and adore you and love you. What a blessing to be ministered to by you this morning and to give you our love, Lord. We hang on your every word, and so we ask for you to speak through these children, these daughters of yours, um, this morning we want so much to be walking with you Jesus and to be following in your footsteps and to to be becoming like you And Holy Spirit, we ask for those showers of spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms to fall on us today as they are ours in Christ Jesus. We ask your blessing on these two children of God. Lord, as your children, Father, we say we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is my friend, Susie Barckdahl, and uh, she lives here in town, and she has spent a lot of time in this building over the past 15 years, maybe more time than some of us have spent in this building. Um, right down below us is our fellowship hall and those rooms and she has been a part of the bible adventure that meets in that space for about the last 15 years when her children were coming up through the program she was a listener and the lord has led her through the years into different roles with joyelle ministries Um, so she's going to tell you more about that um, but she is a wonderful person I can attest to, and I want to bless her as she shares some of her role um, with Bible Adventure with us. Thank you. Thank you. Susie.
1: Good morning. Oh, go. well, I have lots to share uh, this morning. Uh, as Lynn had mentioned, I've been working with the Bible Adventure here in this building for 15 years. Um, my son came home one day and said mom you need to go help mr ralph needs help i didn't know mr ralph but my son asked me so here i am 15 years later i've served in various volunteer roles in bible adventure um, every one of the volunteer roles except for a bus driver um haven't done that and a few years ago the lord had called me to serve as an equipping coordinator um, in the bible adventure uh, program um, equipping volunteers and almost two years ago um, He called me to serve as the assistant director for Bible adventure at joy. Um, so I currently oversee about 34 Bible adventure programs So I don't know if you know what a Bible adventure program is But I've been asked to tell you what that looks like here specifically in this uh, building Um, Bible adventure we operate under the release time law. It's a it's a federal law Uh, parents give permission Uh, for children to leave school uh, we interpret it as about an hour a week from september through may it's 30 up to 36 hours in one year and they can come to a location outside of the school and we get to instruct them um, about biblical principles um, verse memorization and they get to spend time one-on-one often with a mentor Just lots of volunteers who are sewing into uh, the lives of these children. And one thing, it was mentioned yesterday at our prayer time in the morning, and I should have mentioned it but didn't think of it until someone else had brought it up. A lot of these children who come into this building do not go to church anywhere. We're about 85 to 90% of the Fairview Avenue kids um, in our program do not go to church. But when you ask them where they go to church, they say, well, I go here. I come here every week. So this is their church. If you ask them, this is their church. And because of you, they feel welcome when they are in this building. And I thank you for that. Um, It's a wonderful partnership that we have. Um, But every Monday afternoon, we meet down below here at 1.30. And we walk to the school and we bring 46 eager children into this building. And they are excited when they get here. Many of them have never been in a church until they come to Bible Adventure. Uh, They come in, they sing songs, they love to see their listener. As soon as they make eye contact with the person who is their listener, they are ready to run right to them. Often that's the first thing they do. I shared with Lynn yesterday that I came in late one day and the program had already started and one girl was in teaching time and she saw me, ran over, hugged me and said, oh, my best friend is here. And I had mixed feelings about that because I appreciated that Yet she left her teaching time. So she did break one of the rules, but that was okay for that day. So that's the connection you have. And I'm not even her listener. But these kids feel loved when they are here. And that is the love of God that they feel when they're in this building. Um, So our volunteers, a listener is someone who just sits in a small group and listens to what the kids have to say. She Or he may listen uh, to verses that they have memorized. They may listen to... prayer requests for that day and if you tell your listener something to pray for they will follow up next week so you make sure you pray if you're a listener because they'll say did you pray for me and you want the answer to be yes and then oftentimes they will come back and say they'll say I know you prayed because my grandfather was healed so we're teaching them how to pray we're teaching them how to memorize scripture we're teaching them to look them up in a Bible. Many of them have never even held a Bible or even know what it is. They don't know who God is. They don't know Jesus. A little girl, um, a fourth grader, back around Christmas time, I came in and I was sitting in on her listening group and I was, she asked me a question. I don't remember the question, but her response was, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're trying to tell me that Jesus is God's son and he came down here. I said, yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. And she said, okay, I got that. What's next? Because she had no idea. She never heard the story before in her life. And to tell them that that is a true story, they are just hanging on to every word. And they believe it. They just believe everything that we're telling them, everything we share from the Bible with them, they are believing every word of it. And it is awesome to see how God is working in their little lives. Um, Sometimes they will grab hold of things a lot quicker than we do. Um, they just want to um, they want something they're searching they don't know they're they're lost covid didn't help uh, with that we're seeing a lot more of that but what has helped is that in that searching they want to listen to what we have to offer and we know that what we have to offer is truth so we get to meet with them from 210 to 310. i invite any of you who want to come tomorrow to be here at 210 And you can see these children come in the building. It's our closing day tomorrow, so things will be a lot different. It'll be a little bit more uh, chaotic, perhaps. Um, But it'll be fun, and we will share a salvation message with them again on the final day. Um, I say we have 46 kids enrolled. That is wonderful. Um, But we um, take the time with our small amount of volunteers. There are volunteer opportunities, I would Ask each of you to think about that to consider how you might sow into the lives of these young, young people. That is one of our needs that we we have. Um, one thing that we do also in Bible Adventure is all these verses that they're memorizing. When they're looking them up, when they're explaining them, they're getting points. And the really neat thing about these points that they're earning is these points add up. They not only get awards but they get discounts for camp at Joyelle. And if a child earns 300 points, they get a free week of camp. And so what happens then is we not only get them for the full school year, but they could come to a retreat or a week of camp and hear what God has for them and have those people sow into their lives, and they get more in a weekend retreat or in one week of summer camp than we can give them in a whole year. So it's exciting to see that full circle of how they can be in Bible adventure and then go into um, to summer camp and then when they come out of there, um, the things they bring back to the group to share, it's always amazing to hear from their perspective. I had a, um, the opportunity to serve at Bible Adventure Weekend back in February. And one of the girls who was in my cabin is also one of the students that was here, um, has been at Fairview Bible Adventure all year. And um, I usually always spend a lot of time in our devotion time um, just, you know, sharing the gospel. Just what do you know, um, you know, have you ever done that? And bringing them to a place where... uh, The Lord can work in that, and he's already prepared their hearts. He does the work. We just get the privilege of seeing what he does, and that's the amazing thing. But one girl in particular um, was asked to rededicate her life that weekend, and so I uh, prayed with her. She felt that she didn't, when she did it when she was younger, she didn't really understand, but after being at Bible Adventure Weekend, she understood what that meant and asked me to pray with her so i did but the part i didn't know is when i came back here on monday to bible adventure weekend i had a small group i was listening to and one of the girls was at the camp and i asked her um, what she thought of it and i asked her about the salvation message and what she learned and she was very eager to tell me and i said have you ever prayed to ask jesus into your heart have you begun a relationship with him and she said, yeah, I did that last night. And so I didn't know that God knew that. I didn't know that. But she spent the weekend hearing about heaven, and she knew that that's what she wanted to do. She said, I did it when I went home. So God is working in in these kids. And as I said, we just have the, the opportunity to see how he, he is doing that. Um, in, this, in the Waynesboro area, we have four Bible Adventure programs open. We have one for each of the elementary schools, and about two weeks ago, um, at the end of one of our uh, programs, it was their closing program over at Mallory, um, they gave an invitation for anyone who wanted to begin a relationship with Jesus, and 39 children that day um, said that they began a relationship with Jesus. So that is wonderful. And we're seeing that everywhere. And there are many who do, and we don't know. And that's OK. We just like to celebrate with them. One of the things we do at Joyelle is when a child begins a relationship with Jesus, because they're born again, we send them a birth certificate in the mail. So it's a time to celebrate. And I'll share one last story with you. I had uh, one of the one of the children in this, this building had begun a relationship earlier this year with Jesus. And I usually explain what happens after that, that you're forgiven of your sins, and. That you're going to go to heaven and you're, you know, you're a daughter of God. You are born and you're in the kingdom and, and all these wonderful things. And I said, all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because of what you did. And I showed her in the Bible. And she went over with her other group and she said, come here, come over here. I want you to tell him what you just told me. Because she couldn't believe that all the angels in heaven would rejoice over her when she began a relationship with Jesus so these are all truths all these things um, that these kids don't know we know them because we've been in church for a while maybe but these kids it's all new to them and it's wonderful I shared with Lynn and Shelly yesterday that these children are like sponges they're soaking in everything we have to offer them and our prayer is that we get to them before the world does So that's what we're praying for. So I would also ask for you to pray, um, to partner with us in prayer for um, some needs that we have in Bible Adventure. Um, We're always looking for volunteers. Um, We don't just throw you out there and and say, here you go. We do have a training process for that. So anyone who is interested, and again, I invite you tomorrow if you're available to come and watch one of the programs. They're all different. They all look different. Um, But I would encourage you to do that. Um, We also are looking for a team of volunteers to start a CIA program in this area. It is much needed. Our fifth graders um, that are going into middle school next year have been asking if there is a middle school program. And we don't have one currently, and we really, really want one. We want to have something in place for them to step into. um, But we uh, need a team of volunteers. So if the Lord would be pressing you or laying that on your heart, please 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 let me know that I'd be happy to pray with you Um, I can show you what that may look like and another great need that we have that is even more immediate is for um, male counselors at camp this summer we know that God is calling the young men and uh, we just pray that he would um, that they would answer his calling and that they would rise up and serve in those roles we have lots of children already registered and we need men to young men, college age and older, to serve in those roles. So those are our immediate immediate needs. So thank you so much.
0: Uh, some of you may have noticed that the bios for these people are in your program. So check that out. And if you have any questions, you can talk to them. So I want to introduce to you Stephanie Zebarth. Uh, her husband, Aaron, is a director of Camp Joyelle or whatever his title is right now, but um, I think CEO of Joyelle Ministries. And Stephanie carries out her calling uh, through Joyelle Ministries too. She coordinates the Barnabas Ministry, um, which is, it pairs an adult mentor with a student in the 412 leadership training program Uh, and her primary gift and passion is discipleship. She has more than 20 years of experience in mentoring and discipleship. She's an author and she has her book out in the lobby. It's called Invest Yourself, a guidebook for spiritual mentoring. So welcome Stephanie.
2: It's so good to be with you this morning. Um, It was a church much like this that decades ago, a motley crew, a recently blended family of seven approached the front doors, not knowing that everyone was supposed to come in the back door, all the regulars knew that. And um, as they nervously approached the door, a man named Ray pulled in with his station wagon to the back entrance, but he saw them as he passed and they caught his attention because the patriarch of that family he had recently met. uh, Ray was an emergency responder, still is actually, and he had met the man as he responded to a domestic incident. The man was holding a butcher knife, not for cutting meat, but as a weapon of self-defense. He also recognized one of the little kids in the group, curly-headed little girl, early elementary, because he remembered her also from that night. With all the chaos and the police and, you know, just the neighbors gawking, um, this little girl had been brought into the room to the the couch to stand before her biological father who was handcuffed on the couch, weeping into his hands. Um, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I hope you'll understand someday. And The men who were greeting at the door, Don and Barney, they recognized the matriarch of the family because she, when she was a single mom, would bring in some little children with her and make use of the food bank that they had in the basement. So Ray and Don and Barney, as potential trouble approached their front door of their church, they had a choice to make. What were they gonna do with this family, this family with this reputation? And fortunately for my family and for the curly headed girl, they made the right choice and they welcomed them with warm, warm enthusiastic responses. And I still remember the little sticker that Don put on my lapel. I thought it was the most beautiful sticker I had ever seen, a little embroidered rose. It was actually to mark me as a visitor, but it made me feel really special. And uh, they did such a good job welcoming us that we just immersed ourselves into that church, and before you know it, I was taking the school bus to that church, running down into the basement, not unlike Susie's stories, for that church had a Pioneer Girls program. And I can still, I really can, I can picture the room, I can picture where I was sitting, I can picture Maxine Slindon, I can picture Priscilla McCown, as they shared the gospel in a way that I understood. First time I'd ever heard it. And they talked about how God had sacrificed his own son to make a way for me to have a right relationship with God, to take away my sin and I knew I had sin and that Jesus wanted to help me to have that good thriving relationship with God and that Jesus would always be with me no matter what, no matter what. And that was balm to my soul as a little elementary girl, curly hair, sitting there feeling a lot of fear in my life and I responded to the gospel and my life was forever changed. You know, sometimes we underestimate kids. So I went from the kid with all the, the family baggage to ultimately a lifetime of full-time ministry. And I've had the opportunity to be discipled and to disciple others and to see those people go out into different places around the globe. I think Maxine and Priscilla and Don and Barney welcoming me in and those women that served within that pioneer girls program they discipled me through the years as I grew up in that church they helped me to understand not only that Jesus was the way but also how to live the full and abundant life he had for me they were fulfilling the Great Commission which we often talk about in uh, missions weekends like this and then Jesus said to them all all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. A lot of times we take that verse and and we use it for like a, a commissioning, the Great Commission, We gather our people up here and we pray for them and we send them off, we do fundraisers, we get them to Peru or to the Hopi Reservation in the Southwest or to the Chambersburg Project. And all of that is awesome. All of that is so great. But it's also something we're supposed to be doing every day of our lives wherever we go. Some Bible teachers will say, as you are going is a better translation. As you are going. So as you're responding to a domestic incident, as you're handing out food at the food bank, as you're welcoming people at the door, as you're teaching in a public school classroom, as you're welding, as you're caring for your children in your own home, as you are going, we're making disciples. And making disciples is not just sharing the gospel, though that is first, for sure, sharing the gospel, baptizing them. But Jesus also says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you." So it's a process of establishing people in their faith. And when we establish people in their faith, then they grow and they thrive and they have an impact on still others. So the Lord took that curly headed girl out of her drama and continued to invest in her and use her in ways that I'm still thankful, all all glory to God. But my stepdad also, Um, a man named Don came alongside him. I remember I would get up in the morning, I'd come downstairs, the house was still dark, early dark hours of the morning, and Don would be at the table with my stepdad, taking him through a little Bible study book. Um, And it had the pictures of spiritual multiplication, that little diagram that some of you have seen and I often share with people. He helped him get rooted and grounded in Christ. And my stepdad became an international businessman, and he took the gospel to the ends of the earth through his international business opportunities. One country in particular that I can't share, especially since I'm being streamed right now, he would bring in Bibles. And I mean, I have so many stories that I could share from him bringing in Bibles in a country where people don't have access to scripture. And one young man in particular, his family had been praying for generations for God's word. And this businessman he met at an airport The Lord laid it on my dad's heart to give it to him. And the man was like, this is an answer to prayers for my family for generations through Google Translate. So the man with the butcher knife and the baggage, look what the Lord did because people came alongside him. The Lord used people to help ground him and establish him in his faith. I love Susie's stories. She always has great stories of God working in children. It is so important to be helping our children. Most of you have heard that most people make their major life choices and decide what they're gonna believe by age 12. So we need to reach those kids. I primarily work with the teenagers and their mentors at Joyelle. And so when she's talking about a CIA program, the need for that, those students are Gen Z, Gen Z Uh, They are uh, uh, age 11 to 26 right now, so anyone you know in that category, this is how their identity is formed, based on research done by the Barna Group. The Barna Group is a Christian-based, very solid, very reputable uh, research firm. So, Gen Z, the number one influence in our culture that helps them to determine their worth and their identity, and I realize many of you are out there, and you can go ahead and tell me later if you agree or disagree is their performance. Number one factor in how they decide what their worth is and what their purpose is, is their performance, academic or professional. Just think about that, what kind of pressure that is. And we wonder why they're anxious and depressed and afraid. They have to perform, that's where their worth lies. Number two, their hobbies and pastimes, that's things like YouTube and gaming and sports and social media influencing. That is the second most uh, influential factor in how they determine who they are and what their worth is. Number three, gender and sexuality. And we wonder why there's all this confusion and why people seem to be trying on different identities and so forth. That's the number three influence in them right on them right now from our culture. So anything missing so far? Performance, hobbies, gender? Number four is friends. Number four. Number five is family. Number five, family comes after performance, hobbies, and sexuality. And then number six is faith. Number six is faith. I was talking to a middle school class a couple years ago, and I shared this. And a young man raised his hand very sheepishly. And he said, isn't that upside down? I said, yes, yes it is. I'm glad you see that. So there's so much room for discipleship with our young people, and when Susie says these students need people to come alongside them, we see what the culture is telling them. We have the privilege of coming alongside and and sharing what God is telling them, the truth. Help them realize that their identity is in Jesus, It's in how God made them. It's not in how they perform and that God has a great purpose and plan for them that is so much bigger than their hobbies and their gender identity. We are exhorted in Titus 2, another favorite passage, to invest in the generations. I'm going to read that now if any of you would like to read along. Titus 2, and I will be emphasizing a few things. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith in love and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live. Not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. These then are the things you should teach, encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. So that passage is just one of the clearest about how God wants us to be investing in generations. It talks very much about investing in the older who will then invest in the younger. So we have been, you especially, have been talking a lot about investing in children and youth this weekend, and that is a great focus. But I do want us to know that investing, someone's gotta invest in the older too. It says right there to Titus, invest in the older, teach them this, and then they will teach them this. And so we want to see the generations passing along what god has you know jesus said in the great commission teach them to obey everything i have commanded you and surely i am with you always to the very end of the age we're never too old to be taught we're never too old to be equipped and also we're not too young to be passing on to those who come behind us you teenagers are awesome i loved seeing you guys help lead worship this morning and you are making an impact, and you can invest in your peers and those who are younger than you. And let me tell you, as someone who coordinates a mentoring program that you teenagers inspire the adults around you as well, the mentors gain just as much out of the program as the mentees, which I love, which I love very much. The other thing I was trying to emphasize as I was reading Titus 2, I mean, there's so much we can break down in that passage, but notice how it kept saying that we teach these things so that others may see, so that the gospel may be attractive, so the way we live can be above reproach, so that they can say, hey, that person right there, she's living like Jesus. He's honoring God. I can trust him. She has integrity. All of this is ultimately to draw people to God. So we invest in each other, sharing the gospel and teaching to obey everything he has commanded us so that we can live that full and abundant life he has for us, but also so that we're always drawing people back to Jesus. Everything we do, we want to be drawing people back to Jesus. I was um, given the, the permission, the invitation, to just mention my book. So I have been doing this for a long time, investing in people intentionally. It started by someone doing the same for me. So eventually it developed into this guidebook for spiritual mentoring. There are so many resources out there, I'm not trying to sell you my book, but what what the goal of this book is, is when you work through it, by the time you're done with it, you should be able to come alongside someone else and help them to grow in their faith. I tried to make it as practical, engaging, and concise as possible. I'm gonna give you just a little taste of some of the key principles right now. If you were to come alongside someone else to help them grow in the faith, I encourage you to have an approach that is structural, relational, and personal. Again, I'm gonna give you the really short version. Structural, have a plan, have a purpose, be intentional, know what you're doing. So in a program like Bible Adventure, we kind of provide the structure for you. So you get equipped to do it the way it's already set up for you. But you can come alongside someone without being an official program, and but you're gonna want to have a purpose. You're gonna have want to have an idea of what you're doing. You're not just having a cup of coffee together. You're seeking Jesus together. So have a purpose. The relational is the meeting needs. Um, so for example, the curly-headed girl. If I were Starving, it probably would have been harder for me to focus on Maxine and Priscilla sharing the gospel, but fortunately that church had a food bank, so I had food in my tummy and I was able to, you know, thrive and grow and listen. So the, the relational side is being aware of needs, whether it's a physical need, whether it's an emotional need, being good listening ear, making sure that we're helping reach the heart. Um, if we're beating needs, then we can get that, that good stuff, Christ teaching in there. And then the personal is the doing life together. If you care about someone, you care about their life, you're involved in their lives. Um, So structural, relational, personal. And the three things to always include in your time together are the word, prayer, and life. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It is powerful. We always want to have God's word in our time together, whether it's an official Bible study or whether it's just talking about God's word as we're doing life together, because that's modeling that we always go to God's word and that God's word impacts our lives every day. And then prayer, there's a great quote I often share, and in fact, it's actually in the book, by Ellie Parrott, she talks about, we just don't get it, do we? We use prayer as if it's a squirt gun when we really don't realize we're holding an atomic bomb. Like, prayer matters. It makes a difference. Praying for the person, praying with the person. And again, it goes back to modeling. We always want prayer. We always want God's word because then we're showing them that this is how we communicate and we receive from the Lord every day. We pray, we receive through his word. And again, we're modeling that. And then the life, word prayer life, That means everything we're doing comes back to life. How does the word apply to my life? What in my life do I need to be praying about? We want to make it practical. We don't want to just do an exegesis on Ezekiel, though that is valuable. We want to also apply then what we're learning to our lives and spur each other on in applying that on a regular basis. So those are some of just, that's just a little tiny taste Of what i have in the guidebook that i use when i'm training mentors so you've had a lot that you've received this weekend so much inspiration and opportunities i encourage you to really take some time to pray and to talk Um, talk with the lord first talk with others what is my next step you know i encourage you to dig deeper into titus 2 i encourage you to dig deeper into matthew 28 and other passages you've looked at and figure out where might the Lord be calling me to come alongside someone? Would it be in Bible Adventure? Would it be in all those other ministry opportunities that are out there? Would it be to sponsor these young people as they're going to Chambersburg Project or maybe even chaperone them? I don't know if they need any chaperones, but maybe they do. Um, The Great Commission is what we are here for, to fulfill the Great Commission. And I know so many of you are doing that in so many ways already. But again, I affirm you in that and I say, maybe the Lord will have you do something new. Um, The lady who discipled me, she told people you always have time for one. You always have time for one. So ask your church leaders where is that one that maybe could benefit from my investment? I'm sure your church leaders will be able to identify from among the children, among the youth, among the adults, even the older, someone who might be struggling with something or a new believer, someone who could have The benefit of someone to come alongside them and invest in them. So I am going to pray for us and then I understand we get to do some more worship together. Lord, thank you. It's amazing that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to you and you have entered into a relationship with us. You have appointed us and commissioned us to do your work. Lord, we know we fall short. All of us here, we're aware of our weaknesses. Sometimes we feel so inadequate to do something, like come alongside someone else. But you have said, surely you are with us always to the very end of the age. So, Lord, we all could be used to help others. We pray that you'll show us today what you want us to do, to to come alongside someone or to maybe... uh, Take the next step in the ministry that we're already doing, Lord, or have a little more courage in our workplace to share, Lord. We trust that you'll show us, Lord, and we commit to being obedient. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.